Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and I'm joined today by our columnist, Scott Osler. So Scott, you know, here we are at uh, the wonderful Sheridan Grand Hotel in, in downtown Los Angeles. Just got back from a pretty full day of, of coverage of Saturday all-star events uh we 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 saw everything from you know team lebron and team steph curry practice to the media availability to uh you know to all all the shenanigans that happened on saturday night at all-star which were in this case three-point contests the dunk contest adam silver talked to the media so it's been a pretty full day i know both of us are a little tired but what are what were your biggest takeaways from today well, they pack the stuff in, man. They make a full day out of it for sure. Uh, and, you know, the access is kind of limited at points, but uh, the interviews I thought were pretty good. The, the podiums get very crowded. I mean, but stuff comes out. You know, like LeBron had some interesting things to say about his political uh, controversy that he's got going on, and uh, uh, Kevin Durant has some th- interesting things to say. And I would just kind of flit around the different uh, podiums and stuff, but there was always little nuggets, little bits of information, interesting things that reveal a guy's personality. Yeah, you know, you don't really expect much to come out of those, uh, you know, those situations. Just for for the listener, anyone who hasn't been to one of these things, they're the ultimate, you know, cattle call type type situation. You're as a media member, you're standing there with hundreds of other reporters with your iPhone and your recorder out, and you're just <laughs> yeah. hoping to maybe get a question in and as someone who you know covers these guys on a daily basis you're you're forced to listen to you know people who haven't been around the team so they're going to ask questions that you've obviously gone over with these guys before and a lot of times you know they'll just ask off the wall questions for whatever purpose um here's an here's an example lebron today was talking about the political stuff the controversy with the fox news woman and all that stuff and he got into some pretty deep stuff for a couple minutes there he really uh, did a deep dive into the, his bloody, his philosophy of why he can feels free and, and if, why he feels he should talk about politics and those kind of things, social issues and stuff. And it was pretty deep. And then, boom, there was a slight pause. And the next question was, "What's your favorite salad?" <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was great because it, it was su- it, it was such an impassioned, articulate, right. uh, you know response when he was talking about the Fox News anchor. It was obvious that he had put some real thought into that. He knew that was going to come up today. Yeah. He hadn't addressed it yet, whereas Durant had addressed it yesterday with with our friend Sam Amick from USA Today. So Durant didn't really go that in-depth about it today because he already did. But I was really impressed with what LeBron had to say. Um, it seems like he's he's shown for a while that he can be a real voice in the public discourse and on social issues right. but i think in the past you know 6 months really he's really run with that mantle he's he seized it in a big way yeah. um i think he's re- he sees that right now more than ever the world needs someone like him right. to to be be vocal on these issues because the, the reality is there might not be a, a more influential person in society right now, especially for young kids, right. young boys, yeah. than, than LeBron James. I mean, he is as big as anyone. See, that's a key point, Con, I think, is that 
he's not doing it just because he he's mad at Trump or whatever. He's doing it, I believe, and it's the same reason that uh, Steve Kerr is doing it, and the same reason that Steph Curry does it to probably to a lesser extent, and the same that like uh, uh, Stan Van Gundy does it. it, and those are the kind of the chief, you know, speak out guys. And I think the reason they do it is because they feel that they have an obligation to do it because they're so impassioned and so angry and so upset and so almost crazed about what's going on in politics in the world that they feel that to not say something would be a crime, that they would be, you know, they have this platform where some people will listen and they know they're not all political experts, but they feel a need to express their views and and, and be part of the, uh, I, I don't know, call it the resistance, I guess. And they, it's almost an obligation now where it, it, that's, it's never been that case before that I can remember. Yeah, and... Um... For, you know, one thing that that's also been interesting is you know LeBron has gotten most of the attention for this entire this entire thing because I think uh, I think the comments were mostly directed at him, but yeah. um, but Durant was involved in this and Durant was you know uh, very pretty vocal in that uninterrupted video about his displeasure with with Trump and. You know, Durant's a guy that has long said, I'm not political. Right. You know, but he he sees a need to to express himself about this. And so it's been cool to see him grow too. I mean, I've only been on the beat, this is my second year on the beat, but in in the, you know in the fifteen, sixteen months that I've been on this beat, I've seen I've seen several of these guys really grow into themselves right. and it's been kind of cool. I mean, we're talking about guys who are adults, you know, they're in their late twenties. They have, some of them have families and they, they are, uh, they're finding their voice yeah. at, at a time when, yeah. when I think, you know, the world needs them to. Plus they also realize they have some clout, you know, they, for instance, Steph Curry, uh, when he spoke out and he kind of clashed heads with the lead of the head guy at Under Armour. Right and and Steph Steph wouldn't back down. He knows now that he can. If he says something or he threatens his shoe company or something like that, those people quake in their boots. Man, they listen to him. These these guys have really have some influence, and I think they're pretty careful about how they do it. For instance, the Fox News woman uh, who criticized LeBron and KD uh, said that LeBron's comments were her quote was almost unintelligible, and yeah. <laughs> and uh, then she wondered why people called it racist. Uh, you know, LeBron is nobody. He's not Winston Churchill. We understand yeah. that, but you know, he expresses himself pretty well, and he 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 strikes me as being nobody's dummy. That he's a you know reasonably bright guy. I don't. I have no. I've never given him an IQ test, but but to call his statements almost unintelligible is uh, that's if if that's not racism. And that's to say that close. he's not qualified to talk on this subject because he only has a high school education right. and he right. you know at, at one point considered leaving high school early for the NBA. Right. I mean, that is so irrelevant right. <laughs> and it, it it's uh it's it's interesting and it's I think it's a topic that guys like LeBron and 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 Durant who only went to school for only went to college for a year. I've actually had to deal with more than the average person might realize, but it's so silly because if you were in that if anyone was in the situation the smartest person in the world was in the position to make millions at 18 years old you don't turn that down right it's well, like uh, yeah. any career opportunity right. like if you were in college 
and someone came to you and said, hey, you can stay in college and get your degree or you can get this job and you, you can start out making You can get a job at McDonald's slinging uh, french fries and we'll give you $8 million bucks a year. Okay, I'm leaving school. See ya. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you'd be dumb not to. Right. Well, you know, that's what Adam Silver addressed tonight and I thought that was uh, very interesting. Uh, Adam was asked, Adam, I call him Adam, but he was asked about... Your best about, bud, Adam. Right. He was asked about what he thought about the, the comments and, you know, in football... All the owners and the commissioner are very scared of this stuff. They they don't want anyone kneeling. They don't want anyone protesting. They're worried about sponsors. They're very corporate and they're very tight, rear-ended, you know. Uh, And it's somewhat the same in baseball. And basketball, though, starting with Adam Silver, it's like we treat our people like human beings and and real people who have opinions and let them express their opinions. And and he said that tonight. Adam Silver actually said, I'm proud of these guys for expressing their opinions. Now, it seems to me that Adam Silver is probably, I'm guessing, like 99%, he's in, uh, on the same political side that they are, yeah. basically. But still, even if they were coming out and saying, uh, we love Trump or whatever, I think he would still support their right to speak out. And I think that says a lot about Silver and a lot about the NBA. Yeah, and the NBA is interesting in a lot of ways because I think the way it's set up, it's just more ripe for social activism in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, NBA superstars are more visible than any other superstar exactly. in right. any other sport. Yep. You know, even Tom Brady has a helmet on. Right. You know, you, you don't – his face isn't visible right. at all times. And that actually matters. Right. Like they've done studies, you know. Oh, yeah. that, that matters. And baseball, I don't think the average sports fan could look at – a picture of a lot of all-stars and and name them right. i mean it's just the superstar power is not there in that league it's not it's a, it's a more team-driven sport instead of superstar driven sport right whereas the nba is completely superstar driven that's why all-star weekend is such a big deal because each of these guys are their own brands their own entities right. and the warriors are very aware of the fact that they are in a unique situation because they are not only NBA champions, but they are on the the most visible team arguably in the world right now. Yeah. I mean, we went to China in October, and you know, pe- there were people in China who knew who Kavon Looney was. Like, yeah. like <laughs> I'm not even kidding about that. So, yeah. so they they understand that they're in a unique position, and they've obviously run with it one of my highlights of this of covering this beat so far has been uh when i got to go to harvard with Draymond green a couple months ago yeah before the boston game and sit in on his his lecture at harvard um and you you saw you could really feel in that moment that this is more than a basketball team and these are more than basketball players and i talked to the professor who invited him to harvard and she called him a cultural influencer mm. which which is a fair which is a fair label for these guys. Right. They are cultural influencers as much as any academic out there, as much as anyone, yeah. um, as, as much as any politician. I mean, they matter, and you need to respect their voice, especially when they're coming from a place of knowledge. I mean, they. it's clear that LeBron has done his research. It's clear that these guys know what they're talking about. And if you want to disparage that, then I'm sorry, it's hard not to call you a racist. Right. Well, <laughs> you know? yeah. One of the things, you know, I'm sure, for instance, if the woman who criticized LeBron once has invited him 
to go on her show, which I think would be a mistake in his part because I've seen her show a couple times and, and uh, I don't think it would be... It, she's not nice, you know? And But her thing is that LeBron, like you said, LeBron isn't knowledgeable enough to, to criticize these things. Well, I think LeBron would probably agree that he's not knowledgeable enough to criticize should the tax rate be this or that or, or how many people get educated. Certain little minute, yeah. you know, minute things about government. But I think he's like a lot of us. In the big picture, he can see the big picture. You know, he, yeah. he can see that there's injustices being done. He can see that there's things being done to our country and our government that that are scary and and in a lot of people's minds wrong and you don't have to be a uh, a PhD in in uh, economics or something like that to be able to give your opinion on 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 the way politics is going now no no it's it's interesting it's interesting that today you know here we are on the eve of of the all-star game and you know we were between the two of us wrote several politically charged stories um one thing that got overshadowed by all this which which i think is probably for the best is uh you know the storyline that dominated this weekend last year which was the kd russell westbrook rift russell westbrook rift both of them got asked about their relationship today and both of them actually answered the question yeah which which is a development it's huge it's a, <laughs> in the NBA world, I'm not, I'm not being flippant. It's really big. That was a big, long, festering thing. And sum up what they both said. Well, me. KD basically said he took responsibility for not handling that situation very well last year and said that he was in his own head and that he, he made it a thing when it probably didn't need to be a thing. He helped kind of propagate it because he was so insecure about it. Um, and that, you know, it's all love at the end of the day and like, it's all good. We're moving forward. And, uh, Westbrook wasn't nearly as, you know, candid, but he, he did say, you know, we're talking and we're, we're communicating and like, he, 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 there's no issues. And so, uh, just the fact that they even were willing to go there in a public setting like that to me was interesting. Uh, you did see, very minor interactions today in practice they're both on team lebron and they you know passed the ball to each other in practice and there was a picture that uh nba the nba posted to instagram of them you know chilling in the locker room before practice yeah. talking about sneakers i mean very minor stuff and i, I feel like tmz sometimes were even writing on this stuff but just given how big of a deal it was a year ago um and it was another example to me of how of how KD operates. KD is a fascinating human being who I have really enjoyed getting to know a little bit and covering uh, because he's as guilty as which which all, I think all of us can be guilty of at times. Which is he gets inside his own head a lot and he overthinks things and he he's very intellectual in a lot of ways and he's very um, and he internalizes a lot and. I think sometimes that can be a, a fault of his because sometimes right. he can he can hold on to things that maybe he shouldn't hold on to and he can take things personally that maybe he shouldn't take personally. Right. You kind of saw that manifest itself with the the whole sp- Twitter snafu that he had uh, in preseason and there's been other kind of minor examples of that. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he helped propagate this, this Westbrook thing 
in ways that probably weren't healthy, you right. know, putting the cupcakes on the sneakers and kind of <laughs> owning that. It's like, why you're, you're telling us that you want to move on and yet you're yeah. still bringing it up. Yeah. It's funny. Cause in a lot of ways he, he, he's like a, like a little kid in some ways. Cause a lot of, you know, these basketball players in some ways they don't have to grow up. They're like professional athletes. They don't really have to right. grow up, but he's a really smart dude. And, and, really thoughtful and and seems to me pretty deep in the conversations I've had with him and uh, I just think the whole thing with Westbrook I, I always thought that Kevin kind of took the high road in, in leaving when he left and he didn't trash anybody he tried to be nice to everybody and I think he was really hurt by the way Westbrook reacted and Westbrook to me is like the the, the small the child, more childlike guy yeah. in, in the thing and I'm by no means calling Westbrook uh Stupid or anything, because I, you know, I sat in his part of his thing today, and he's a really bright guy, really well-spoken guy, and, yeah. and he talked about how hard he worked to get to college so his parents wouldn't have to pay for his college education. I thought, you know, it's really um, interesting and deep stuff that people try to dismiss him as just a, you know, ignorant basketball player. I think would be foolish, uh, but I always thought in that relationship it was <laughs> like uh, Westbrook was the. That being lone guy said, that, though, I mean. Not to rehash it all, but he yeah. probably should have let him know at yeah. least verbally, exactly, rather yeah. than via text. I, I and I get that, but you know, I know the guys who cover Westbrook on a daily basis. I, I, you know, I'm around those guys enough and to kind of pick their brands. And he's not a treat to cover. I mean, right. he's he's kind of a schoolyard bully in yeah. a lot of yeah. ways, and yeah. um, you know, it's part of why he's great. Yeah. Uh, but. Durant, in a lot of ways, is the opposite. Durant is very sensitive. Yeah. Uh, The more I get to know him, the more I realize just how sensitive he is. Um, And it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people look at someone like Durant and they're like, you have everything. You have the world at your fingertips. Why why do you need to care about what people think of you? Why do you need to pour over all this criticism and you know while that might be true let's look at some of the greatest players of all time michael jordan he is the ultimate example of someone who cannot get over his haters uh kobe (laughs) bryant he is yeah uh, you know, it's yeah. a gift and a curse because they use that yeah. to motivate them and fuel them, but they also sometimes have an unhealthy obsession with it. Yeah, Jerry West was like that. There's, yeah, a lot of the great ones. You can go down the list, and they're sensitive dudes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's fascinating stuff. But what? Well, what about the uh, what, what about the stuff tonight? What about the dunk contest? Oh, well, yeah, I can't skip over that, right? Right. Uh, you know. I actually, to be honest, didn't get to fully watch the dunk contest because I was writing right. about the three-point contest. Uh, it looked like it was a good dunk contest, though. Donovan Mitchell's the real deal. Yeah, and I, I thought his, I saw his two the the dunks that basically won the thing for him, and I thought they were both really, really excellent kind of over-the-top special dunks. And I, if I was judging, I'd give him extra credit for his showmanship because he came out with three different jerseys. Yeah. You know, one in homage to uh, Daryl Griffith, Dr. Duncan's team. Who was playing before he was born, I guess, and uh, the other one was uh, to uh, uh, Vince Carter, and so to come out of three different jerseys like that, and he just—he was a showman. He rose to the occasion. He said that he missed those two dunks in practice, and then he came through and did them in the game. So I, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I'm not—I don't live or die for the dunk contest, but I yeah. thought that was a pretty good one. And then Nance had one dunk, his last one, I guess, where he threw the ball off the backboard, caught it, threw it off 
the backboard again and caught it in a little quick tip tap and then dunked it and that was that's, that was special. So. I don't I don't think people even understand how hard that no, is. It's crazy. Yeah. That's so difficult. So um, that was that was fun. I mean, and the thing about the dunk contest is it's gotten pretty stale the past exactly. few years. I and agree. I think yeah. it, it used to be so fun, you know, back when you had Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan, yeah. really the best players in yeah. the league participating in it. Dr. And now and it's Jackson. like yeah. a bunch of no name guys who the average NBA fan may not even be aware of. Right. And I think that there's this strong desire to have the LeBron Jameses, the Russell Westbrooks in it because you can only imagine what they could do right. in, in the dunk contest. Um, Westbrook. I don't know about LeBron. I know LeBron can get up a million feet, but I don't know if he has a showmanship yeah. in that particular kind of thing. But He's, yeah. he's probably not going to do it anyway. He kind of hinted today that he's too old to be doing that now. Yeah, I mean, he's 33 now, which is crazy. <laughs> he's been in the league... I think he, this is 14th straight All-Star game, which is crazy to think about. That's amazing. It, it, um, yeah, the stuff he's putting up. And yeah. Seven, seven straight times in the NBA Finals. But uh, in, in some ways, the three-point contest has become a better event. No um, I, I and I actually think that they should consider putting it at the end of all, Saturday night All-Star weekend because it, it I think it's more hyped at this point. Um, and I think part of the reason why it's great is because the people who – participate in it really care about it like i don't know if you saw the video but um a video surfaced after the three-point contest of uh clay and he's just sitting before the first round just in his own head you know with his hands on his face just like rocking back and forth and you can tell he's like on one you know he's (laughs) he's he was nervous you could see it and he was because he genuinely cares about that thing like he really wanted to win times he won it once so if anyone yeah. has a right to be casual about it, it would be Clay, right? But. Yeah, no, he, he, I mean, he, he, people like to joke around about Clay because he is really funny and he's so monotone and he's yeah. so laid back and just kind of aloof. But if you actually know anything about Clay, you know that he's actually one of the most competitive people in the entire league. Yeah. I mean, he is in a, in a much different way, he is as competitive as Draymond Green. He is so dedicated to his craft. Like he, I've heard a lot of stories where, you know, when they were in uh, China, the first day they were in China, the whole team was pretty much going to Hong Kong on a day trip, and his agent was there, and he texted his agent, and he he stayed back at the hotel, and he texted his agent, he's like, hey, can you find a gym for me? Yeah in Shenzhen because I need to get shots up right now like like he's he's addicted to shooting yeah and that's I guess that's how you become the best ever but he or one of the best ever but he's he's extremely competitive and you could tell he was legitimately upset after he lost and he actually had a really nice performance he has nothing to be ashamed of he I think most years probably would have won with the performance he had having 25 points in the final round. That's right. That'll win you yeah. the competition of the most years. But Devin Booker was just unbelievable. Hit 20 of 25 three-pointers in the final round wow. at a final round record 28 points, wow. which yep. beat, beat Steph, Curry, Steph, Steph and Clay both had 27. Yeah. But I'll put Devin Booker against Clay. In a best of seven series or something, yeah, like that, I'll take Clay all day. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But and you know the thing is, he's carving out a legend, basically, with his career, and with his three point shooting and with the three point contest. 
And I know that he'd uh, obviously he'd much rather win an NBA championship than right. win a three-point contest, not even in the same ballgame. But he wants to win the three-point contest because he knows that's part of his legacy, his heritage, his, his, his legend, you know. And the thing to look forward to next year is um, it's going to be Clay versus Steph. Yeah. Because Steph has already said that since it's in Charlotte, he's going to return. Right. That'll, that, be, that'll be fun. When they went head-to-head a couple years ago and yeah. went to the final round against each other, that was pretty fun stuff. So I think people are already looking forward to that. That'll be that'll be really cool. And if they do it in Charlotte, they got to put that last after the dunk on. That's got to be the feature of the club. They of the probably night. won't, but, but yeah, no, it's not a bad idea yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, now tomorrow um, we have the, the All-Star game, technically the reason we're here right now. Uh, and... Completely different format, as you guys already know. Um, you know, it's not broken up into Eastern and Western Conference. Uh, it it's Team Steph and Team LeBron, teams that they both drafted. Steph's team is more guard heavy, good shooters, uh, whereas LeBron's team is a lot taller, more athletic. Uh, you know, who? Not that it matters, but who do you think wins tomorrow? I think Steph's team wins. Really? Yeah, because the shooting and the it's a, you know, you you get two points for a dunk and three for a three pointer. So yeah, and there's gonna be LeBron's no guys are gonna dunk a lot, and and Steph's guys are gonna bomb the three pointers, and I think they're gonna win out. So. What do you think of this this format? You think you think it's you think it's good? I'm still a little skeptical um, about it. I think I mean we'll know tomorrow, but what yeah. what, what what do you think? Uh, I I'm trying not to be an old fuddy duddy, but I I very much would prefer the east versus west there's something about the regionalism and there there's always, in the nba there's always been kind of a different style of ball in the east and then and the west there's always been a you know the east was a little bit harder edged and tougher and the west was always more finesse and more fast moving free flowing and all that stuff so there's always been that east versus west concept and i and i like to want to carry it over to the all-star game you know you you were guys in the opposite side of the country you're kind of enemies with them but uh you know they Copied the NHL, which I think is a mistake. The whole playground style picking thing just yeah. doesn't do much for me. I don't know. I yeah, no, I feel you, and I I think I do think that they need to show the draft next year. Absolutely, and then they can make a big thing out of that. That yeah. they can have a lot of fun with that. I think it'd be really cool if they actually could. I don't yeah. know how you could get them all in the same room at the same time, but if you could somehow simulate like a playground draft, that yeah. would be fun stuff. Right, and have them standing over there in the yeah. Just go, do it out on a playground. Go out on asphalt and have the guys stand over in the corner. I mean, you could do it. You could say, do it day of, yeah. or the, a couple yeah. of days. You could do it like the days, Thursday yeah. Right. Yeah. when everyone gets in, right? You know, for All Star Weekend. Yeah. yeah, why not? That would be fun stuff. Yeah, because uh, we've all been there. You know, the last guy picked. And... Yeah, yeah, and the, I think people overblow. You know, oh, who was the last pick? Yeah. You know, I or mean, gonna, some guy's going to get his feelings. Pe- hurt people because... found out anyway. Chris Haynes yeah. reported yesterday who it was. So. Yeah. I mean, it's not like those their reputations were saved, you know. Right. Um, but uh, no, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Um, we there's plenty to look forward to in the next next couple weeks. Obviously, when the Warriors get back from All Star Weekend, they're gonna they're gonna try to hit the hit the 
stretch of the regular season strong. Well, they're um, coming back. I thought they folded the first half. Oh no, no, they, no they're, they're still, still they're still around. Okay. Yeah, they're they're not number one in the West, but they mm-hmm. still are a pretty good basketball team. Believe mm-hmm. it or not. So, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be fun. Um, I think I'll be joined next week by uh, Janie, who actually I will not be because she will still be on vacation. So maybe I'll recruit you again to help me out. If you insist, buddy, as long as you keep paying me. All right, thanks, man. Thanks, guy. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is Thank You for Playing by Ryan Little, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. This show is produced by me and Fernando Diaz. For more Warriors coverage, you can follow us on Twitter at con underscore cron, C-O-N underscore C-H-R-O-N, and Scott Osler at Scott Osler, S-C-O-T-T-O-S-T-L-E-R. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com.